Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to Your True Colors Image Radio. My name is Carolyn Bindle and I'm your host for the next 30 minutes. Our guest this morning is an extremely talented woman within her profession. Her name is Peggy Sue Schmoltz and she is the founder and owner of the Academy of Cosmetology Arts in Denver, Colorado. Now this is um, a wonderful school recognized all over the place because of this woman. She is... Um, She's an ongoing educator. She's a mentor for the beauty industry, which is huge. She is a member of the American Board of Certified Color. I can't even talk. American Board of Certified Hair Colorist. Uh, she's a leadership council member for the Beauty Professional Section of Professional Beauty Association. Wanted to get that right. And she's a chemical services expert, educator, a trend developer, a mentor. A wonderful, wonderful lady, and in her spare time, she's a mom, a grandma, a dancer, a stand-up comedian, and an ordained minister. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the show, Peggy Sue. I learned something new about you. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's always something new. <laughs> there's always. Thank always. you for having me. No problem. Thanks for being here and um, wonderful, beautiful Colorado. Oh. You're, you're, we're we're hitting our hot and yucky season, and you're hitting your still really great season. So, <laughs> Colorado has much better weather than Memphis does in the summertime. Um, now, Most let's definitely. Turn our, <laughs> let's let's turn over to uh, why I wanted to have you on the show. You are this expert. Just your your expertise and your knowledge is so vast within the hair color industry and within all things regarding that. And so whenever there's somebody new coming up, uh, they're just starting beauty school or they're thinking about beauty school or they've just finished, what is your advice to that new professional that's just starting out and is faced with hair color? What is... Point being, I had a friend who said that she didn't even want to do hair color because she's so afraid of it. So what is your advice? My advice to a new colorist or a new person in the industry uh, would be first and foremost to find a mentor whose brain they can pick. I think that's really important awesome. to find somebody that's, say, using the same color line that you are. Um, or if you're looking for a color line, interview a few different people in your vicinity that use that particular color line and ask them how why they chose it. Can I come and okay. sit and work with you? That's what my question was. Is that, that mentoring process, that would need to happen like on a day-to-day type basis, right? No, actually a mentorship can be set up any way uh, those two individuals want to work with it. There's some individuals that work in the same place and mm-hmm. have a mentor-protege, you know, uh, type of relationship. There are others that choose mentors outside their workplace, uh, and they share common goals, common interests. Maybe it's the education of hair color and the love of doing hair. Um, mm-hmm. And they may choose to be mentored by that individual because that person is at a particular point in their business career that that person may aspire to create for themselves. Okay. Um 
why is hair color so confusing and, and frightening to people uh, who are just learning the, the trade? Well, there's a number of factors that make it a little confusing. Um, first and foremost, we have so many people now that have hair color in their hair in some capacity. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keep in mind that when manufacturers create their color lines, they create it to work on what we call virgin hair in the industry. That would be hair mm-hmm. that hasn't had the chemical services, hasn't been colored, highlighted, extremely you know sunlightened, anything of that sort, or possibly even uh, damage through relaxers and permanent waves as well. When that hair is not virgin, we do have to treat the hair differently, and you can't learn that in a box you get in the grocery store. You know, that's something mm-hmm. that ongoingly you have to make adjustments. Um, to me, it's similar to baking at low altitude versus high altitude. We have to adjust our recipes. Mm-hmm. When we're mm-hmm. working with hair that has had previous color, we have to adjust our formulas, as we call our recipes in the industry, because mm-hmm. the manufacturer can only guarantee when we're working on hair that hasn't had alterations, the manufacturer can't see. There you go. And that's, that is also whenever, well, I don't know how to word this one exactly, but when we would have do our makeovers with the commercial pill, there were some very horrible <laughs> colors that had been done in a salon, and we had to take them to someone to get it fixed. How does that happen? How does the person in the salon make the mistake? I don't understand how the person at home makes the mistake, but what, what, and how do we raise ourselves against that or not make that happen oh. to us? Mistakes happen all, you know, within any industry. So, um, you know, not to yeah. poo-poo that happening with your individuals. Um, more importantly, we need to know as much as we can about what the client has done with their hair because if we don't uh-huh. know what they have already had within their hair structure, have they previously colored it, maybe they had some a real light ombre and they decided to cover it back over with their natural color, uh, we mm-hmm. don't always know what we're working uh, over, so to speak. Uh, so mm-hmm. the most we know is what the client tells us and what we can deduce given what presents in front of us. But there are sometimes things like hormones, uh, minerals in the water, um, that may cause a result that isn't desired. (laughs) So sometimes we, or probably a lot of times, it's the client, too, that bears some of that responsibility because they don't let the stylist or the colorist know everything that's going on with their hair. Correct. Um, most okay. of, I've noticed that people that aren't well-schooled in how the chemistry of hair color works don't uh-huh. understand that if they may have had their hair lightened, colored, a few different shades, and they return back to their natural hair color, that that hair has still been affected chemically and it's not going to behave the same way even in a year or two years, depending on the length of their uh-huh. hair. So uh-huh. sometimes uh, I find that clients may be a little startled to ask, uh, to be asked, you know, what have you done with your hair in the last four years because their hair is down to their waist. Oh, That's wow. approximately four years' worth of growth, and 
daily living and playing with hair color and all the things that people do in their life. Uh, So when we go back that far, clients aren't quite as aware as we are since we're working on that hair fabric, Uh that it Uh is something that really does affect that from three, four years ago. Wow. Now, what is the difference? What is theoretical and then standard accepted practices? What's the is that does that come into play with training or what? You know, I believe it comes into training in any kind of profession. There's always the theoretical perfect model. Uh-huh. Uh, in the, the world of hair color, as I referenced earlier, the theoretical perfect model would be a client that walked in with hair that has never had any damage to it whatsoever, absolutely no hair color or bleach on it, you know, in the past. Uh, so we're uh-huh. always working with a hair fabric that's in perfect condition. That would be considered the theoretical perfect model. Uh-huh. And that's what most of our manufacturers create products for us to work with. Then we have the standard accepted practices, what actually happens in the salon, what actually happens in what we call the trenches in any type of career path where, um, you know, things can turn on a dime depending on what's happening. For example, Uh on occasion a person may come in and want highlights or their hair lightened in some capacity. And as the lightener is applied within a foil, sometimes it will puff up and almost look like it could be a donut, what I call a beignet. It's not something Uh we run across often, but it is a mineral deposit on the hair that causes the hair to accelerate. It's lightening rapidly. What would normally take 20 to 30 minutes on that particular client without that mineral deposit may be lightened to the point of almost danger zone within five. Oh, wow. So So that's why you go back and check. Because I think the, the colors check the foils. They, you know, continually check them, and that's why. Exactly. So there are uh, things such as when a manufacturer teaches a class, they want to make sure that their people are quite aware of how to work with their product the best. And there's so many great color lines out there. There's so many great manufacturers that produce all the support products for it and the education as well. Uh, but when they create a product line, they can only create something that will work and give standardized theoretical perfects when it comes to formulation. So it's a, kind of an on-the-court learning process for anybody that learns hair color as well as hair cutting, as well as any portion of the beauty industry that it takes that ex- ongoing experience and having a couple of failures and learning how to fix them, mm-hmm. which is a real valuable thing as long as yeah. you take the time to fix it. <laughs> so the client's happy and, and you've learned something. <laughs> yes, I've, I've, I've had an experience. My, my daughter had an experience and they didn't even try to fix it. Instead, they all, like the whole salon overly were praising the person who did her hair. And what she was supposed to have done was just do a streaks of blue and she left mm-hmm. there with her whole head blue. The whole everything ah. was blue. And everybody was like, Oh, that's gorgeous, that's gorgeous and my daughter was almost in tears and so they they literally intimidated her to not complain because the entire salon was praising how beautiful her hair was. And we just all sat there going, 
no, <laughs> fix it. <laughs> so I love that you said when there's a failure, be willing to take care of that situation. Um, I would respect, yeah, I would respect that stylist much more than than the one. In fact, she did not. She and she's told everybody she knows don't go to that salon. <laughs> oh, that, that's so, too bad. Yeah, yeah and, and unfortunately, so, things like yeah. that happen, but not often. Um, yeah, exactly. Thank, thank goodness. But I, but I, I just when you said and be willing to take care of it, that is so important. That's that's. I think that's the learning curve for them, but it's also make sure because then you come away and go, oh, they were so good. It didn't quite turn out the way we wanted, but she fixed it for me. Boom. Now then. Exactly. Yeah, whole different pro- you know thought process goes on there. Now with all well, and, and that's that you're... go ahead. Excuse, I'm sorry. I was going to tie back to that's actually where a mentor can come in quite handy. Um, there you go. You know, having that person's phone number, having the website or the phone number of your manufacturer's tech support is invaluable. Uh-huh. There's there's so uh-huh. many places I've gotten calls or a text message at various times a day. Oops, I have a little issue here. Can you help me out with this? And sometimes it's a simple, and sometimes it's not. Uh, but at uh-huh. least the person is reaching out to you know make that experience better for the clients and have the client be more satisfied when they walk out the door. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That good advice. Very, very good advice. Now, you're talking you know, all these different things that, you know, the processes, the chemical processes, other than that. Does somebody who wants to become a hair colorist, is chemistry a part of that? Is that the in the book? <laughs> and today we'll discuss chemistry. Well, you know it is. <laughs> uh, we tend to be artists and we love to play with color, but we get to play with color in chemistry. Um, it, it's essential to understand the chemical processes that affect hair, skin, and nails, as well as understand what the product is designed to do for us. Uh-huh. So understanding the chemistry and how you can... Um, mix or not mix particular products to create an end result is essential. And we work with pH ranges, which is the measure of acidity or alkalinity of a liquid or a gas, in our case, liquids. Um, Uh And that's essential to have an awareness of because we work using the chemistry of pH as well as the ingredients to understand how to create the end result we're looking for. I'm sure if you've walked into any... Any even a retail store that sells hair color, there's a myriad of choices. Mm-hmm. What makes that person choose that particular color? With us, we know the chemistry behind it, the ingredients, how it's supposed to work, and what the contraindications may be. And that's important mm-hmm. to know what chemistry mixes with your client's chemistry and what doesn't. That leads me to another question. How what? questions should one ask before purchasing a color line um and 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 what you just said makes me a little weary of and I've never done it cuz I've always been afraid to do it myself but it makes even more leery of purchasing one in the store because I don't know the chemistry behind it 
So Exactly. Yeah, some people will yeah. claim that they have great experiences buying over the counter and, you know, doing home hair color. Um uh-huh. they've been lucky, it would be my answer for the most part, because <laughs> it does, you know, hair color changes over a person's lifetime, as our skin color does, as our eye color does. Um, with those subtle changes, just as the person goes through puberty and goes through adulthood, much less the maturation or aging process, um, we're not always the same hair color our whole life. So this box that was purchased and applied five years ago may not be appropriate for the skin tones anymore. Oh, That's wow. one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've ever watched a hair colorist work, they rarely use one particular product. They always mix to customize yes. for the particular client. Yes. Mm-hmm. That customization is expensive for the person that's doing it at home, and it's a little bit more chancy, so to speak, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you're basically cooking without a recipe, so to speak. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Unless a person goes into the bleaching processes, are they going to cause any kind of damage that's really warranted? However, as a person that is doing home care reapplies, they don't understand the difference, be, in most cases, between applying to hair that's virgin and applying to hair that has been previously mm-hmm. colored or, you know, has had its, I've seen its that. condition yeah. uh, compromised. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen where people, you can tell they've done it at home because their roots are a lighter color than the rest of their hair. I Mm -hmm. guess they've created an ombre in a weird way. (laughs) Kind of a reverse ombre, huh? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not quite what you're expecting. Now, you mentioned bleaches. What's the difference between um, color, color removers, and and bleaches. What's that difference? Because bleaching is one of the problems that we fixed on a makeover. The lady's hair was, I mean, it was fried. I thought it just was super frizzy and that was her hair. And our expert said, no, 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 it's been fried. And it was because the colorist had been just every two weeks bleaching her hair. I mean, not every two weeks, every, you know, six weeks just bleaching her hair. So what's the difference in all of those different methods? Well, basically what we call bleaches or lighteners, generally powder lighteners that we mix with the developer, they rapidly uh-huh. lighten the hair. So they really do get the client in and out quickly. But because they are a high pH and do cause us to basically dissolve or break down the melanin, which is the color in the hair, it does cause some damage. Uh-huh. The client does have to take into account that they will have to do more home maintenance, more deep conditioning treatments, Ah, um, because now their hair has been compromised. So they have to allow for that. So that's generally where some problems happen with lighteners or bleaches. Um, Mm -hmm. Within the beauty industry, because our clients want to be a blonde today and they want to be a redhead tomorrow or a brunette next week, (laughs) because they see celebrities do those things. Um, Yes, what they don't understand is celebrities have two things going that most clients don't. They have somebody that fixes their hair before anybody sees it out in public so that stylists can make their hair look better even if it's been through all those various processes. And they also mm-hmm. rely on wigs and hair pieces a great deal. Whereas so most really of the people at home don't do so. Uh-huh. Hmm. That's an, and that was one thing that 
when I took Lenore to go get her hair fixed, you know, from her mm-hmm. blue her blue experience, the um the the colorist that that I took her to to fix it, he he looked at her right in the eyes, right I mean in her face and said, "No more of this." It's called clip-in hair color. It's called clip-in. You dry the color you want and you clip it in. <laughs> yes, and the, and I will make suggestions like that for somebody that wants just, say, a pink streak for um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Or they want a blue mm-hmm. streak because they're going to, uh, you know, fun little party or something. Um, mm-hmm. In those cases, it is easier for the client to just clip it in and maintain it as such um, because mm-hmm. it does take some more maintenance and more attention to detail, and it's a little bit more time, a little bit more money uh, to maintain yeah. hair that has some, a little bit more of a fashion tone like that or a very yeah. light blonde because the hair has been taken, you know, a little further down the road from where it started. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Now, um, what uh, what about longevity for color? What What's going to keep have the color last the longest was going to have the color last hardly at all. Okay, I, I want to complete my answer to the color removers and bleaches real quick, and then we'll oh, go I'm into sorry. that okay. if you don't mind. Okay. No, that's totally okay, fine. I just wanted to make sure I completed that question. Um, color, okay. Because we have clients that want to be all different colors, um, we have something that is available to the professional in the industry called a color remover that actually takes the color out of the hair without compromising the natural hair's color. So it will take out, say, that brunette color that you applied, but whatever you had naturally underneath that, whether it was lightened or whether it was natural, will be what's exposed. Mm -hmm. A much gentler way to go from a dark color to a lighter color and many people will tend to use just a lightener to do so, which will actually lighten the natural hair and have to work a lot harder to remove that artificial pigment. So that's where the that's big difference cool. between colors and remo- and bleaches are, yeah, color removers and bleaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's a, So the color remover is really the better one to do than to bleach. Well, well in many cases we might... Right. Sometimes we will use a color remover first to get rid of that excess color that has been added to the hair or deposited, uh-huh. as we call it, and then go in with a lightener to take that hair lighter where you want it so you know what you're working with. Okay. And, again, it's maintenance on our part also to help Correct. keep the hair help, help to keep the hair healthy. Wow, I'm really having some... Sometimes moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that that kind of takes us to that. You know, what should be considered in the longevity? Um, okay. okay. Really, the conversation about hair color and changing the client's look and what the client would really desire has a lot to do with what are they able to do, what are they willing to commit to, what does their beauty budget allow for, and mm-hmm. what are their there's human, environmental, and biological factors that may contribute to paying attention to some particular details. For example, somebody that works as a ski instructor on Vail Mountain is going to have a slightly different uh, environmental uh, mm-hmm. consideration than someone that works in Manhattan in an office, 
for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we will take those environmental factors into place as well as what is the client able to do? How often can they come into the salon? If their hair grows rapidly and they want a, a dramatic change going from very dark to, say, you know, Marilyn Monroe blonde, uh, I'm going to need to see that client more often than every five to six weeks. It's more like every two to three weeks if if we really want it to look good. And I'm not willing to let my clients not look good. That's what what they hire us for, to help them look (laughs) good out in their life. Now, what about we're going into summer and uh, here in the, the south and then, you know, other areas too, the swimming pools are opening and swimming pools spell chlorine <laughs> and there's a new trend of saltwater swimming pools. So that brings in the ocean and saltwater. What it what how do how do those two elements affect hair color or just hair in general? Well, salt's a drying agent, so it will dry the hair. And because okay. the person's also going to be in the sun, they're going to have lightening of their hair. So if the person is mm-hmm. trying to maintain a hair color that they purchased and had applied, um, they would want to cover their hair with a hat. Uh, you, there's plenty of finishing products or styling and finishing products that contain sunscreens that will have to actually help to deflect some of the sun's rays so it doesn't lighten the hair as quickly. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, one of the best there things a person can do is once they get out of a pool or the ocean, no matter what, is rinse their hair as quickly as they can from exiting the pool or hot tub okay. or the ocean because it's the mm-hmm. drying of any residual minerals that attach to the hair that then cause problems down the road. Yeah. Now, what can you do to rebuild the hair? Is there anything? We can make the hair look better and feel better, but it's dead protein, so we really can't rebuild something that's not living. That's kind of what our body does in the skin, (laughs) Uh, Uh if you know what I mean. Um, But Mm -hmm. we have many products that, that we know are going to help maintain the feel of your hair, as well as the pencil strength, which holds it together, uh, for somebody mm-hmm. that does like to take a few more exciting leaps into, you know, extremes and chemical processes. Oh, I want to be a bright blonde, or I want to be, you know, three colors this week. Uh, it does <laughs> help to um, balance out the, the hair's pH, fill it in, and I consider it something like a spackle. If I had a, a dent in my wall and I wanted to fix it so it looked better, then I would use mm-hmm. spackle because it's, gonna, it's yep. going to make it look better, but it's not going to behave the same. The hair is, is the same. It, it, once okay. it's compromised, you can make it look and feel better, but it's never going to return back to normal until it's replaced by that hair somewhere in its cycle that uh, you know, replaces it in the follicle or the okay. hair as it grows out. Okay. Now, do tattoos have anything to do with any of this? I mean, you know, they seem to affect a lot of us. Uh, but do tattoos matter? Uh, what's interesting is because we have uh, quite a few more tattoos that people are receiving, it has uh-huh. made a number of individuals sensitive to the hair color ingredient that allows for us to create permanent hair color. Oh, my goodness. 
And because we have more people sensitive to a lot of environmental and dietary uh, products out there, uh, we're finding more and more that people have become sensitive or even allergic to hair color products. Wow. So if if somebody's a new customer, the FDA actually requires that we do a patch test, which is a skin Mm -hmm. test to determine if the person has an allergy prior to applying it to their hair. So if there is a reaction, it's not as extreme. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's a very simple, harmless test to do. It doesn't take any time. You can pop by the salon and put a little bit of color on the inside of your elbow and you run around for uh, 24 hours and take a look at it. And if all it is is a stain, you're good. If you have any kind of swelling or uh, hives, anything of that sort, you'd certainly rather treat a small yeah better exposure. Yeah. <laughs> better not go any further. Well, we are winding up. This is crazy. Our 30 minutes is already up. Um, how can people get in touch with you or if they want to come and attend your school uh, so that they get to mentor beside you? What is that information? My school's name is the Academy of Cosmetology Arts. We're located in Denver, Colorado. Uh, you can reach us at our office number, which is 303-282-5012. And our email address is beautyed4u at gmail.com. And that's spelled the word beauty, ed, the number four, the letter u, at gmail.com. And thank you so much, Carolyn, for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh. This has been great. It, this, I'm telling you, this would be the school to go to because if you want somebody that is just top in the field, Peggy Sue is the one to go to. Thank you for listening to our show today, and please share it with your friends. Next week, we will talk with Amos Slavian, who is the CEO and founder of Dermalec. We're going to talk about anti-aging nail care which is absolutely amazing to me. This is Carolyn Vindel, your host and the editor of Your True Colors magazine at yourtruecolors.biz and colors is with a U because it's all about you. And we'll talk to you later. And thanks again, Peggy Sue, and have fun in that beautiful Colorado weather. Carolyn, thank you so much. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.